Welcome to Human Resources for Small Business, where we discuss HR best practice, hot topics in HR, HR strategy, and employment law changes that affect business. I'm your host, Brandon Laws of Zenium HR. Our website is www.zeniumhr.com, where you can follow us, read articles, watch videos, or contact us. Thank you for listening. Today is June 25th, and my guest today is Molly Kelly, Human Resource Business Partner with Zenium. Welcome, Molly. Hello, Brandon. So today our topic uh, is improving organizational culture through employee satisfaction committees. So Molly, what is an employee satisfaction committee within a workplace? That's a tough uh, question to pin down because it can be so many different things depending on the organization that sort of surrounds it. I've seen them be an arm of almost a safety committee where people are checking in on safety issues and supporting employees in that issue or in that area. Um, I've also seen them primarily functioning in the area of supporting company culture, um, indoctrinating new employees and, and how things are going within the workplace and what the culture means for new hires, helping them kind of adjust. Um, and then certainly within organizations, helping to foster that culture and keep it going on, on an ongoing basis. There's also a purely administrative function that an employee satisfaction committee can serve where they're setting up company picnics or running employee meetings, things like that too. So it's a whole variety of things and it kind of depends on the company that, that surrounds the organization. Besides the employee satisfaction committee, are there other names for that you've seen other workplaces have? I'm increasingly seeing a shift to culture committees. That seems to be kind of a, a big area of interest these days as companies sort of grow and shift culturally. They want to recognize that it's not just about satisfaction, but day-to-day response to employees' feelings about the company and their organization and what they'd like to see it become. Um, So that's probably the biggest shift that I'm seeing. I've seen all types of things, and a lot of times it's kind of a cute take on the company's name, so it might not even have anything to do with culture or satisfaction, but something that the company creates in and of themselves, and usually created by the committee, typically. Is the overall purpose of this committee to define the culture, to... Uh, improve? What's your take on that? That's a really good question, and I've seen it go a lot of different directions. Um, I would say the organizations that really tend to have a strong culture, that culture is already there and in place before the committee is created. Um, What we would typically see more frequently is that it's a response from employees in terms of how to support that culture ongoing. So it's an articulation of a desire to either develop a different type of culture um, or enhance and um, maintain an existing culture or develop it, take it in a new direction. So it's kind of a, a blend of different things in that area. Depending on the size of the organization, I, I imagine a lot of times culture comes from the top versus the bottom, and this sounds like it's kind of from the bottom, but does that mean they have the blessing of the leaders? And, and what do you see in terms of organizations, how they structure these sorts of committees Every time we have a conversation with a company around employee satisfaction surveys or stay interviews, things like that, we always have a moment where as HR people, we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't approach the leadership and say, look, you're going to get responses that are going to be wonderful and reassuring to you and things that are alarming and disturbing that you need to respond to. The same is kind of true with an employee satisfaction committee. If you're empowering folks to, to help better the workforce or better the environment, you need to make sure that they truly are empowered. 
So it's a, essentially a blessing from above and from within. And the strongest committees that I've seen are typically led by leaders within the organization. And by leaders, I mean frontline employees um, in all different departments and all different, um, you know, exempt, not exempt, titled, um, not titled officers and non-officers. One thing that you want to be aware of, probably the only um, significant legal risk area with an employee satisfaction committee is that if it is truly the voice of the employee sharing their concerns about the workplace, you want to make sure you don't have it dominated by uh, officers within the organization or with, man- with managers, essentially. To me, it almost seems like having an employee satisfaction or a culture team that aren't made up of natural leaders, uh, but lower level employees, it seems like it's a great learning opportunity for those folks to be in a leadership, it leadership truly position. Is. It truly is. And those folks are, are hopefully drawing upon cross-departmental experiences. And that's actually one of the most um, enriching pieces of an employee satisfaction committee is that the, the more diversity that you have on your committee, the more diversity you have within your culture and your organization. So essentially having somebody from the accounting team and somebody from sales and somebody from marketing and somebody from development, you know, it, it really will round out your team. Um, and most of us only get to interact with people that are directly in our department. So it's a lot of fun to actually take advantage of more of that cross-departmental relationship that can develop. So you're absolutely right. So let's do some brainstorming. What sort of things do the culture team, employee satisfaction team, what do they plan? What do they implement? What are some ideas that you've seen? I've seen a lot of different uses of the committee. Again, from purely administrative, where they're planning company meetings or coordinating company parties, you know, the holiday parties or um, picnics in the summer, things like that, which takes a lot of work. Um, and especially if it's being, you know, led by management, it's obviously pulling management away from their day-to-day responsibilities. So it's nice to have a whole blend of folks pitching in to, to help lead those efforts. And oftentimes can be um, more focused on what employees really want to do. Uh, so a picnic over, let's say, a raffle, you know, for some kind of a prize or something like that. So there's the administrative function, and there's a lot of it is sort of that voice that hopefully employees are lending for their coworkers. So what are they hearing? What are they picking up on? And that's when it really shifts from just satisfaction to culture. What are the issues or the concerns of the company? And it could be that things are going wonderfully. The company is growing like crazy. We're adding lots of new folks. That's when it's absolutely crucial to focus on culture, not just when our culture is broken, but when our culture is thriving. We want to maintain that with new hires. Um, So that's actually a lot of what we see is folks interested in how new hires are introduced to the organization, supporting their uh, introduction and and growth. Mentoring programs can sometimes come out of that employee satisfaction or culture committee, um, organized events, things like that. You mentioned uh, a minute ago the voice of the organization. And oftentimes I've seen HR, they lead with employee satisfaction surveys out to the entire team to get feedback and things like that. Could this committee lead something like that? Absolutely, absolutely. And what we really see a shift towards now is not just having a suggestion box in terms of receiving complaints from employees, but really trying to tee it up, either coming from the committee or from the management team as, we love your feedback, we will always take it to heart, but what suggestions do you have for improvement? So we'd love to, you know, if things aren't going well, we want to know about it. But it's not just a complaint box. It's a, what can we proactively focus on? And the Employee Satisfaction Committee or Culture Committee can do a lot to shape how that feels for employees and how they view that response. And then, of course, how those suggestions for improvement are taken from there, too. So absolutely, that voice piece is 
to me central to this whole this whole discussion. What type of organization should actually have a committee like this? A small, a medium sized, a large company? What do you see? We typically would see um, your medium to to larger sized organizations having that. Reason being is that if you are a five-person organization and you have an employee satisfaction committee of three, everybody's on it, it, exactly, (laughs) which, you know, a lot of that conversation will happen informally anyway in terms of where do we want the company to go. So I would say I usually start seeing them come into play within companies who are hitting about the 20-person mark, even sometimes 15. Um, Before that, it's usually a lot of informal conversation and and maybe a few folks, you know, leading the initiative. But usually they become more formally organized within a large organization. And how would you actually structure it? Oh, gosh, that's a tough question because I've seen all types. And actually, I've only I've seen within our own uh, employee satisfaction committee here at Zenium many different um, versions of that over the course of our employee satisfactions, you know, committee's career, essentially. Um, so there are some that are very formal where you have officers and specific duties and people rotate and things like that. There's maybe a tenure where somebody's only on for you know two years or six months or what have you. Um, and then there's a lot of organizations that are functioning just fine with a pretty informal, non-structured um, you know, group that meets when they have time and, and gives input and, and goes about their business. So really it's it has to, you know, it depends on the um, the needs of the individuals involved, essentially. To a business owner that would ask if there's going to be a return on this sort of investment, because it is an investment. If there's time spent away from your typical job and you're taking four to five people out of their normal job to be on this committee, is there going to be a return? I would say absolutely, absolutely. And that a lot of that depends upon the business owner themselves and their willingness to embrace the feedback given. That's probably the, the biggest piece of this. And typically a company that is open to feedback would be more likely to adopt or you know, create an employee satisfaction committee or a culture committee. So there's usually typically an openness to that coming into it. But I think that's the biggest thing to prepare when we've talked to clients who are thinking about starting something like this is, be ready to embrace this feedback. You know, you've, you've hired individuals that you trust to contribute to your organization. Let them contribute at all levels and let them truly create with your support and your leadership a culture that will benefit the company longer term. This committee seems like it would have a great feedback loop. So as they plan and implement things, you start to get, people are open to giving feedback. So part of this is kind of the here and the now, but also you could almost see it as a long-term culture development uh, but what is the overall purpose in your in your mind of what this committee is really supposed to do in the long term yeah, I was thinking about this when you asked one of your first questions about what are they what are they doing how are they created in my mind a good organization will have a set of you know core values or a mission statement something that establishes what they're working towards their philosophy And they may even have core values that are internal, that are separate from what we communicate out to our customers, let's say, and our vendors. But essentially, it's something that's held dear by all employees. And in my mind, that's what a committee like this would would hope to foster, is hanging on to those core values and making sure that they're perpetuated through future generations of new hires, uh, supporting folks if they're having challenges with living up to those core values. Let's say there's um, issues of communication or departmental breakdown that sort of thing can come to light in a committee like this and hopefully be addressed. And it's essentially providing a voice for the folks that, that may not otherwise have it in their individual departments and 
frankly, it's also a heck of a lot of fun as well, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> yeah. My guest today has been Molly Kelly. Thanks for being part of the show. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.